shir is called uh, Conversations with Malacham Avas. So it's really based upon an Agadita in Gemara Chagiga Daladam and Beis. Okay? So I'm just going to uh, read the Gemara for starters. It's a very interesting, fascinating, strange Gemara. You come up with your own adjectives for it. And then um, I think it will speak for itself. When I came across the Gemara, I thought it would be uh, nice to try to work on it. See if we can give a share about it. So, this is many months later, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it comes out. Okay? So, it's one of the stranger Gemaras. Just give you that as a uh, intro. So, Rav Yosef, it's the bottom of Dalad and Beis and Chagig. Rav Yosef, Kimati Lahai Kra Bachi. So, it talks about different, different Amorayim, Tanayim. The guy cried when they came across certain Sukkim. So, Rav Yosef, when he came across this Pasuk, he used to cry. V'yesh Nispeh Belon Mishpat. Okay, it's a Pasuk in Mishle, which is, this is not, I don't think, the flame shot of the Pasuk, but it means there's someone who could end or die without Mishpat. There is Yesh, Nispeh, below Mishpat. There's someone who could come to a self to his end, without Mishpat. So he used to cry when he heard that he says, Omar, mi ika de'al zimni? Is there someone, or maybe the Gemara is saying, is, there, is it true someone could die when it's not his time? When it's not Mishpat, does such a thing happen? Okay, the Gemara is asking that. So the Gemara says, in? Yes, it does happen. Sometimes a person could die when it's not their time. Kiha de Rabbi Barabai. So, like this story of Bibi Barabai, have gabe So the Malachamavas used to frequent with him, or he used to be by the Malachamavas. So Bibi, again, used to hang out with the Malachamavas. And this is the following story which uh, the Malach Mavis basically told him, related to him, okay? And uh, Tosus explains, this is a story the Malach Mavis told him about something that happened many years prior to Rav Yosef. You'll see the character, not to Rav Bibi, the character in the story lived many years before Rav Yosef, before Bibi. So this is a story which the Malach Mavis told uh, Rav Bibi Barabai, okay? So what's the story? So it says, Amar um, Leil So the Malach Mavis told his messenger, Zil Aisili Miriam Magadla Seyar Nishaya. Okay, go bring me Miriam, Mary, the famous Mary, as Tosa says, this is the mother of Jesus. Okay, Mary. Go bring me, okay, Mahmava saying, go bring me Miriam, the one who dresses, braids, women's hair. Okay, Miriam Magadla Seyar Nishaya. Okay, fine. So the messenger of the Malchmav is Azal Aisi Le Miriam Migadla Dardiki. So the, the Shliach of the Malchmav made a mistake. And instead of giving Miriam Migadla Seyar Nishaya, Miriam Migadla of the woman's hair, he brought Miriam Migadla Dardiki, the one Miriam who raises children, Mora Miriam. Okay? He got the wrong Miriam Migadla. They have the same first two names. Miriam Migadla Seyar Nishaya, who braids women's hair who raises uh, children, kids. Okay. So, um, so, so the shliach of the Malach Mavis brought this wrong Miriam. Okay. Amar lay, so the Malach Mavis said to the shliach, Ana Miriam Megadla Ser Nashaya Amrilach. I told you, Miriam who braids women's hair. That's not what I told you. You got the wrong Miriam. So Amar lay... Ihachi Ahadra. Should I put her back? <laughs> right? So Omar Lay, 
Once you brought her here, let's just make her part of the count. The count of the dead people, I guess. It's too late. Okay? So the Gemara continues. I think this is now Rabbi saying to Mahmoud, So how were you able to get her? Right? If it were in her time, Rashi says, if it were in her time, then how in fact was the Shliach of Mahmoud able to get Mora Miriam? Right? She wasn't really, it wasn't her time. So it says, it tells us, it says what happened. She was holding like some sort of a stoker of the coals in her hand. And she was like poking around the, uh, the oven, cleaning it out. And she put it on her leg. And she got burned. Right? Okay, and her mazel became bad. Okay? And then I brought her. Then I got her. So she basically ended up accidentally burning herself, which her affected her mazel, okay, which we'll get into, her mazel, but affected her mazel, made her mazel bad, and that's why I was able to get her. Okay? So I'm later Bibi Barabaye. So Bibi says to the Mahamavis, Is the Do you have Rashas? To do this? I guess does Hashem give you permission to do this? To take people like this? So, uh, Doesn't the Pasuk say, If someone could die without Mishpat, right? It's a Pasuk in Mishpat. Everyone knows that, right? And this is the Pasuk that Rav Yosef, when he heard this Pasuk, he cried about, right? Okay. So now here's where the Gemara turns to being hard to understand. Okay? <laughs> okay? This, this line is, is a missing Rashi, I think. Okay? But I want to say, I prepared this with, uh, with Rabbi Zimmer a little bit, and uh, also with my wife. We talked about this, so this is uh, thanks to them. So this is, uh, this is what Rabbi Zimmer said. There must be a missing Rashi here. Because there's no, you'll see this Gemara is like non secular. It doesn't, there's no flow. So what Bibi said back to the Mahamavas. Um, I'm sorry, but the Pasuk says, A generation comes and a generation goes. Right? So what's that having to do with it? Right? That's, that's a Pasuk in Kohalas, talking about how generations are always passing, like what's the connection? Right? So again, that's where you'd expect Rashi to explain the question, but it doesn't. Okay? So, okay, but hopefully we'll explain that. Amar... So, the Mahamava said back to Rabbi Abaye, he says, No, don't worry about it. So, I, um, I shepherd them around with me, okay, the, the, dead, the dead body, I guess it's Miriam, um, until the generation is finished. And then I give them to Duma. So, Rashi says, I don't give. These, this, the Miriam to the guardian of the dead, whose name is Duma. I, I, they just roll around with me, swim around in the world. Until the, it's, it, it's, the years are done. Until the door is uh, finished. Right? So even though I don't take this Miriam and just give her to the Shomar HaMesim immediately, I bring her around with me until the generation is complete. So don't worry about it. Right? Okay. Amar lei, sof, sof. Fine, you might do that. But shanya, mayavadatam. What are you going to do with the years? 
Bottom line is, you're taking good years from this Miriam, or from the Dor, or I don't know, something. What are you going to do with the years? You're bringing her around with you, but bottom line is, she died early. So what are you going to do with the years? So Omar, he says, If I find a, a Rav, a Tzor Merabanan, who is a Maver Mimile, like Maver Midosav, who like is Mochel people, is whatever, a certain type of a good Midam, we'll get to later, I'll give him those years, and that will be the exchange. We'll make up the years. So if I took, let's say, 15 years from Miriam, so I'll give them back to a Rav, Tzor Merabanan, who is a Maver Midosav. Okay? All right. That's the end of the Gemara. <laughs> okay, I told you it was a difficult Gemara. <laughs> what? Couple months. Yeah. Okay. So, as strange as this Gemara is, so there's a... What? Yes, the whole thing is... You know, yeah, the whole thing is yeah, very just. He's giving back the years. Yeah. Yeah, enough merit. Yeah, okay. So obviously there are a lot of questions on this Gemara, right? The whole thing is hard to understand, right? Okay. So, um, what's the hardest thing to understand here? Talking to Mahavas, okay. Sure, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow it doesn't bother me so much. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What does it mean, your time? Yeah, what's, what does it mean, your time? Okay, good. What does it mean, your time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that to me is about as well as something. You're getting the wrong person by mistake. So uh, that doesn't. That's the Malcham Avas. This is God's messenger. God's messenger, and then he's sending his shliach. Malcham Avas sending his shliach and getting the wrong person because the names get mixed up. Like, come on, this is the system. It sounds incompetent, right? It sounds like an incompetent system going on here, right? Right, right. It just it sounds comical, right? Yes. To me, it seems the strangest thing is that you can somehow make up for the mistake by adding on to someone else's. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's strange. Supposed to die. Yes, yeah, yes, agree. Yeah, and of course, the the, the mace swimming around in the world until giving the Shomer Mesim is, you know. <laughs> okay. Okay, so so the Rabbeinu Hananel strangely comments on this Gemara. He says, Yeshmi Shomer Kinin Chalom Radvar Some say it was like a dream, right? It's a dream, and you had to interpret it. It's not like a literal story that actually happened, but it was some sort of a mara, a dream, right? Which is reasonable, and you have to figure out how to interpret it as a dream. Okay? Good. Velo'od, this is strange, not only that, but Rabibi ben Abaye havimis asik shedem. used to be involved in seeing shedem. It could be, you could say that this is what he saw. But we don't rely on it. Right? We don't rely on it. Upistro and Yeshnis, but Blomish, I, the Pasuk Yeshmis, but someone dies early. Kikon, Adam, Shahar, Khaver, like someone who kills his friend. Right? Like the person, the victim of a, of a homicide is Yeshnis, but Blomish, but. As it could be, this is just Raviva Rabaye talking to Shadim. Don't really, we don't accept this. This isn't really what it means. Right? So it's strange. On the one hand, he's saying is maybe there's a pisseron, there's a jury, it's like a dream, and you have to interpret it. Or maybe this is just um, idle discussions with Shadim that we don't rely upon. Yeah, right, that's the question. Could you just do that to Gemaras? That's what I'm trying to say. Take a Gemara, 
which is telling you this thing. and say, oh, maybe it was just Stam reviewed by a discussion with Shade, and we don't rely on it. Is that a legitimate approach to uh, Gemara? Seems strange. And also, how do you say, first shot is it was a dream, which is an idea. Uh, oh, and also, you could say that this is the case. Right? They're like opposite Shatim. Okay. So just as a little intro. Okay, a little introduction. So there's uh, the famous Rambam in the, uh, in the beginning of uh, his intro to Chelek. So he talks about uh, Gadotas like these, I guess. Right? And he says there's three classes of people when it comes to interpreting Agadotas. I'm sure you're all familiar with this. Rabbi's talked about this a number of times. So um, the first class, again, there are Agadotas, which on the surface seem strange. And there's some people, the first class of people are people who interpreted Pshudu uh, Kemashmao. They just say it over and say, wow, isn't it unbelievable? Look at Chazal. Great. Right? And he says, those people really undermine the splendor of the Torah. The Torah is supposed to be that you'd say, a person sees the Torah and say, Rakam Chacham and and what a wise and discerning nation. And the people are going to say the exact opposite. What a stupid, dumb, foolish nation. They see these things. This is what Torah is. Right? So he says, they really undermine the uh, splendor of the Torah by taking these things plain shot. And he says, on the second group, which he says is worse than the first group, are people who also take it plain shot. But then the, they say, therefore, they reject Chazal and say Chazal are, are antiquated and uh, are mistaken. And he calls this group is like an arrogance. They think that they are able to understand everything. And they think that if it sounds, uh, Chazal must have been foolish because they say such dumb things. And they just reject it. They don't even realize that maybe there's a wisdom beyond which they could see. But they fancy themselves to be sophisticated and advanced, and they existed in the time of the Rambam, they exist today also, and this is a thing, people just feel like they could get to the bottom of Chazal, Chazal must have been, um, you know, backwards. And they see stories like this to uh, prove, to support them. But he says the third cot, as, as you know, as famously says, it's so small of a cot, it's like calling the sun a group, which maybe of many stars, and whatever. <laughs> so, uh, but he says that they know that Chazal are very deep, and they know Chazal is great Chachamim, and when they say stories, uh, Gadotas, which on the surface sound uh, like nonsense, so they must be uh, alluding to their mashal, alluding to deep ideas. And he says, it shouldn't be surprising to you that Chazal would talk in Mashalim, because Chazal themselves take Psukim in, uh, in, in Kisvei Kodesh, and they interpret them as Mashalim. Like some say, Eve is a mashal, or some of Kohelis is a mashal, and Shlomo Melch introduces a Mishle, Lav Mashal Melitza, the Rechacham Mechidosam. So they, Psukim and the Navi, are taken by Chazal as Mashalim. So don't be surprised for them to write a Mashalim. Why would you think it's so strange to write a Mashalim? They themselves take Psukim in the Torah and say, and the Navi, and say that they're Mashalim. So he says, they're, they're, uh, these types of Chazals you have taken as Mashalim. And, and metaphors, and the Ramam says, when you see, when, you, when a person, and he gives a message to people in these different groups. He says, if you're from the first or second group, and you're reading this, you're not going to listen to me. You're not going to accept what I'm saying. You're not going to believe it. And he says it would be like, he gives a mashal, it would be like taking a person who doesn't like, who only eats like, uh, like fast food, or I don't know, like uh, foods which are unhealthy, and uh, you know, whatever, and, and you give him uh, fancy food. He says he's going to think it's disgusting. You give a person scotch or, I don't know, some fine coffee or some wine. And he's just going to, eh. So that's gross. Ooh, this stuff is disgusting. He says it would be like that. A person who's used to just taking these things, I start telling him there's some deep ideas here. They're not, he says, I know. Anyone in the first two groups is simply not going to listen to me. He says, they're not going to accept what I'm saying. But if you're in the third group, then he says, I, um, whenever you come across something from... Uh, 
which the Seichel is marchik, says is, uh, you know, rejects it. So it, you should remain with this, and you should know that it's a, it's a mashal, and you should be, keep it with your mind working on it, and, uh, you know, aggressively, I guess, working hard to try to understand it, to try to find the truth and the good idea in the words of Chazal. Okay? So, um, so he's like advising, this is what you have to do to work on these uh, types of Chazals to, uh, to elucidate the idea. Okay? So, um, so, so I think that that's in that spirit that I want to try to do, taking the Rambam's um, advice, I think we're fortunate to, um, these Chazals are often very um, cryptic. Chazals like this, this is one example, but there are lots of Chazals like this, and they're very hard to, on the surface they are, the Seichal is Marachiko, it sounds like these things sound ridiculous on, at first sight. But I know we're, we're fortunate that Rebbe has uh, uncovered many Chazals like this for us, and he's supplied us with a methodology, if you will, or models of how to uncover Chazals like this. And I feel fortunate that we've had uh, many years of uh, many examples of this where we know what it means to see the wisdom in, a, in a, something which sounds superficial. And I think the Ram's advice, and uh, by the way, the Rashba also does this, I mean, Rebbe showed it to us, but the Rashba has a whole sefer, which anyone uh, you know, would uh, recommend, the Chidush Agados, where he goes through Agadotas. There's this famous book, it translates in English, The Juggler and the King, where the Gadotas, uh, based on the Gros commentary, where he explains ideas. And So I think it's, it's important to do this, because then people attack Torah based upon the, their, their idea that Chazal are superficial and shallow. And I think it's, a good, it's important to be able to see the wisdom in Divrei Chazal, things, taking things in Chazal that seem to be superficial and to show that there really is uh, wisdom there. So, getting to, just for a second, just to deal with the Reina Hananel, before we analyze the story itself, so I just thought perhaps you could say for the Reina Hananel that, he, remember the question was, on the one hand he's saying there's a Tzachalom, which seemed to mean there's like an interpretation. On the other hand, he's saying maybe it's just uh, nonsense, uh, you know, it's Rabibi's ponderings that you can't rely upon. So maybe he's talking to these two groups. Like the Ramam says, if you're in the first group, or the second group, well, let's take the first group. The first group, you're not going to listen to me. I'm telling you this idea is you're not going to listen to me. So maybe the Reina Hananel knows there are people who are not going to listen to Reina Hananel saying it's a dream and their ideas in it. There are people who are simply, whatever you see in Chazal, they're going to take up Shuzik Mashmao. They're not going to budge from that. But now, those people are going to read this Gemara and they're going to think that the Malach HaMavas messes up. Right? So that's maybe Reina Hananel is talking to those people. He's saying is if you're not willing to accept that there's a deep idea here, there's a marshal, then he's saying is you should know this is a Gemara that we don't accept. This is something we don't rely upon. There's other ways to interpret it. He doesn't want somebody who takes Divrei Chazal, to walk away thinking that the Malachim truly messes up and as if there's some people being died, killed because of an uh, incompetent mistake like this. Right? So the two Pshatim could coexist because he really holds like the first Pshat. It's a Chalom, it's a marshal, there's an idea. But at the same time, he knows, like the Ram says, someone who takes everything is not going to believe that. So he's saying, is for them, you better just say, listen, don't rely upon this. Don't look at, don't look at this God system of justice like as having this level of incompetence. Okay. So let's, let's go to try to analyze the Chazal itself. Okay? Let's go with the idea that it is a martial, it's an idea that's trying to teach some idea. What is, what is the uh, content of what's going on here? Okay. So, so the, the basic uh, approach, okay, the basic approach I'd like to uh, lay down is what does it mean that, that Rabbi Barabaye used to hang out with the Malachim talk to the Malachim 
So I want to say it's as simple as that. That Rabbi Yabai used to study the mishpat, Hashem's mishpat regarding life and death. Regarding people dying. Malach Mavis is killing people. Right? It's Hashem's messenger or people die. People die sometimes young. People die sometimes old. People die tragically. There's Life and death is a mystery. It's sometimes it's surprising when some people die and some people don't die. Right? You have Tzadikim who die young. You have Rashan who die old. Right? You have surprising, surprising um, data points, if you will, observations of uh, when it comes to life and death. And Rabibi used to hang out with the Malcham Aves and talk with him means that he used to, he worked through this area. He had a conversation with Malcham Aves, means he studied, he made a study of Hashem's Mishpat regarding life and death. This is an area which he put his mind to, which he was engaged in, which he was involved in trying to discover. There was an old story from hundreds of years ago, or whatever it was, before it was time, about these Marys, about these Miriams. And Abibi Barabai was pondering it. This was, a, this was an interesting case where something happened, where there was Miriam, there were these two Miriams. The Miriam, the bad Miriam, lived. The good Miriam died. They had the same names. And he, like, he used to look into examples, and real-life examples, of life and death, trying to study Midas Adin, study the Hashkacha, study life and death, and the, when people die, when people don't die, align it with principles of, of Hashem, of Mishpat Hashem. Okay? Okay. Now you might say, why do this? Ultimately, could we really understand Hashem's Mishpat? Right? Could a man truly wrap their head around and understand why every person dies? I mean, we're not Kaddish Baruch Hu. And this is beyond man to ever fully understand why every person uh, dies and when they die. Right? It's absurd for a person to think that they could really explain every case like that. So ultimately, there are going to be cases we can't understand. So then just forget it. It's not for us. This is not our area. Right? So for that, I'd like to quote, this is Rabbi Hadashir many years ago, where he quoted this Ramban in Shemar Kamal that I'd just like to um, read to justify Rabbi Bibai doing this and us trying to understand some of what Rabbi Bibai is doing. So the Ramban says like this, he says, I'm just going to read, um, I'm going to try to translate it, I'm not going to read the Hebrew. So he says like this, so he says, uh, you could ask on us, since there is um, a hidden matter in, the, in Mishpat, there are hidden matters, and we're going to have to ultimately believe in Hashem's... Uh, Tzedek, that he's a Shofet Hamas. So why do we have to bother and try to, uh, why, why am I bothering us and, uh, and commanding us to learn the Tainas and the questions? Why don't we just throw everything upon relying upon the fact that ultimately we know that Hashem, there's no uh, forgetting and no corruption before Hashem and everything is Mishpah, right? Just, just trust in Hashem. Ultimately, that's what we're going to have to do. We don't understand everything. He says, This is a taina of fools who reject Chachma. He says, because it will help us with learning these matters, so that we'll be Chachamim, and we'll know Hashem and His ways, and we'll be able to believe, with, and, have an, and we'll be able to have an amuna about knowing the things that we don't understand more than other people. Okay, there are things that we don't understand, but we'll be able to know more about those things than other people. Because we'll be able to, lo- to learn from that which we do understand, we'll see that what we do understand makes good sense, 
we'll be able to analogously say that that which we don't understand also makes good sense. Like if you don't understand everything and everything sounds crazy to you and no rhyme or reason, then it's a big mystery and it's hard to really accept, oh, Hashem knows everything and makes sense. But insofar as you see Mishpat in general, then even the hidden cases, you'll be able to infer that there is Mishpat in those other cases also. And I, I can't work them all out, but I realize that there's Mishpat. And therefore he says, it's a chova on every nivra, every created being who uh, serves from Ava and Yira to search with his mind, his straight mind, the mishpat, and to try to find the truth of the din as much as he's capable of doing it. And this is the paths that, are, that we've explained in the words of Chachamim, to, uh, to, to, they try to do that, to try to see the truth in the din of Hashem and to be, to be mastic the din as much as they're able to do. Okay, and uh, that which is hidden from you to try to understand, and uh, that which you can't understand, then you accept that that's, uh, that's Mishpat Hashem. Okay? So the point is, is that it's just because we can't understand everything doesn't mean we can't understand anything. And when you understand certain things and you see Mishpat Hashem to a large extent, then you have more confidence, you have more, you're able to accept with your mind that I see the wisdom in general, even though I don't see it in every single case. It would be like similar to Chukim. You see the wisdom of all the mitzvahs of the Torah. Because you see the Torah is such a wise system, you say when they're Chukim, you say, look, I'm willing to say that it makes sense. There's good reason for it. I don't understand that. Because I see the great wisdom in the Torah. But if you don't see any wisdom in the Torah, if the whole Torah seems to be uh, nonsense, then it's hard to just say, oh, it must be that it's true. And there's great wisdom. You don't see it. So he says, it's a mitzvah for a person to be with their own mind, to see the Chachma Sashem and to see the Mishpat. I say to see the Mishpat, the Chachma in the Torah and the Mitzvot, and then when you see the Chukim, you realize this is a point where my mind is limited. So too by Mishpat. There's a value to studying Mishpat, to seeing the Mishpat Hashem as much as we're capable of doing, even though we can't necessarily answer every single question. Okay? So in that spirit, I think that's what Abiyu Barbaya does. He hangs out with the Malachim Abbas. He talks to the Malachim Abbas. He studied, he made a study of this area. And the Gemara is bringing it to us to help us try to gain some insight. So I'd like to try to, in that spirit, try to gain some of the insight which, he, which this Gemara is sharing with us. But of course, with the caveat that there's going to be a lot of questions which I don't, I don't claim to be able to answer. But hopefully we could try to shed some light on some of these questions, at least the ones that the Gemara is uh, presenting us with. Okay? All right. So, let's start off with a, um, with a Rambam. Okay? Start with the Rambam, which is a puzzling Rambam. Everyone's read that said this Rambam many times, probably yearly, but it's hard to understand it. So the Rambam says, it's in Hilchus Tshuva, Gimel Beis. He says, a person, Adam so a person who has more sins than Zechuyos, Miyad, who makes Barisha. Immediately he dies in his Rishos. Right? Based upon the majority of your sins. So to a Medina. Right? Uh, a country, a region, whatever, a place. Immediately dies, perishes. Right? Sure enough, they were wiped out. Immediately. So to the whole world. They're destroyed immediately. Hashem saw that the evil of man was great and uh, 
Uh, he brought the marble, right? So the the question is: Is this really true? Right? Is this really true that a Russia who has more averos he dies immediately? Right? Hitler, that's it. He didn't have more zchoyos until more avonos until the last year of his life. Is this everyone who's alive? Could we infer that everyone who's alive must be they have more mitzvos than averos? If so, it's hard to sense. I mean, the Ram says we don't know how Hashem measures, but it seems absurd to just say everyone who's alive must be. If you're alive, then you have more more zchoyos, right? But at the same time, he's saying miyadu mezbereshu immediately, and his example is from Sedona and Amora, and his example is from the Mabel. Certainly, sounds like he means it for real, right? But not not quite, because that pasuk which he quotes, "Vayar Hashem ki Adam va'aretz did they die immediately? They had 120 years, right, to do tshuva. So it wasn't immediate. So why is he saying miyadu meisbershu? This proof text doesn't quite prove what he's trying to show, right? So, so I think this is a shot that I, I worked out through Rabbi Zimmer a number of years ago. Is that what the Ramam is doing here? Is he's studying me the Saden, and he's presenting you with uh, the, with Hashem's mishpat, and the Ram is t- telling you that it, there's a value like uh, we talked about before. It's like there's Hashem runs the world by a combination of din and rachamim. And there's different studies. There's a study of Midas Adin, what's just, and there's a study of Midas Rachman. And just because something is Din doesn't mean Hashem is necessarily going to execute justice. There's a time where Hashem is Rachim. So the Ramam is describing here is Midas Adin. Midas Adin, if a person has a vonos, Meruvim is then Miyadim is Barisha. Justice dictates that the person dies, and that Saddam is going to be wiped out, and that the whole world will be wiped out. Will Hashem do it? Maybe. Maybe he'll be Merachim. Maybe he'll give him 120 years. Maybe he's not going to... Maybe he'll Hashem is Erech Right? Hashem is uh, slow to his anger. And he doesn't necessarily execute justice. But that doesn't mean, because the person is alive, that they deserve to be alive. Midas Adin, you might have a person who deserves to be dead. But that doesn't mean Hashem is going to necessarily execute them at that moment. Right? Maybe you're going to have Mary... Miriam, the hairdresser, Miriam. Maybe she'll be deserving of death. But it doesn't mean she's just going to drop dead on the spot. Okay, there's, there's, not, there's, just, there's a difference between pure din and what actually happens in the world. And for one, one reason is, I think, because of Midas Rachamim. Like the, there's a Radak who says in Barashas by, uh, by Kayan. He says, you see that Kayan has uh, seven generations Hashem gave him. It's And he says, you learn from there that, um, and Lamech said that, he referred that to, to his wives after he killed, so there's a whole story there. But he says, it was known in the world that Hashem is Erech even at that time, that Hashem system of Erech is not necessarily equal. We don't know the system, how it works out. But not everyone who's uh, guilty necessarily dies. There's, again, there's a study of Din, and then there's also a study of Midas Racham. Yeah. Everybody who is uh, like sinning would be struck by lightning the minute that they sin. Then right. there would be free will. Yeah. And people okay. would be afraid to do any sin. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Okay, good. Yes. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Well, 
way. Yeah, I know. I started with this way. It's easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A related, related point. I'll get to that in a second. Yeah, it's a related point to, to what I was saying is that, which is, I think, the same point, is that Hashem runs the world by laws of nature. The world isn't just totally everything which is then happens. But Hashem set up a system of laws of nature. And laws of nature run their course. And Hashem doesn't necessarily strike down every Russia the instant they sin, or give a big reward to every tzaddik the instant they do something good. But there is, a, there is a chachma of the Bria. Hashem set up laws of nature. And those laws operate according to fixed patterns. So, again, just because the Russia is a Russia doesn't necessarily mean that maybe the laws of nature don't have in it that, it, that they're going to die at this moment. And it doesn't mean Hashem has to create a deviation in those laws to kill this Mary, this Miriam, instantaneously. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But that doesn't mean you can't infer justice from what happens in the world. You can't infer the fact that a person's alive, it must mean they're, uh, they're, they're innocent. No, maybe Miyadu Mesh means according to Din, they deserve to die. But whether or not God will have Arach or maybe it's not Arach maybe just the laws of nature are such that doesn't allow the person, to die, doesn't demand the person die at this moment, Hashem's not necessarily intervening. Yeah. Yes, so that's, I think, the idea of Arach Hashem is like slow to anger, means he gives a person a chance to do teshuva. So that's one idea, that it's Rachamim to give a person a chance to do teshuva. But then another idea is just that's not the way the world operates. So there's a Chachma of the Bria, and Hashem set up laws of nature, and it, a world which would operate in that way would be, wouldn't work by, there wouldn't be laws of nature, there would just be, everything would just be Hashkacha, and uh, striking people down, and it would arguably would take away Bechira, it's just not the world which Hashem created. Hashem created a world that works according to Chachma. There's an interplay of Hashkacha and laws of nature. But not everything is Din and, and Hashkacha. There is a, there's room for the laws of nature to operate. Okay. So, fine. So, give me a second. Yeah. So, in this case, right? So, in this case, so, so I'd like to, to argue that there was this case, okay? There was a case of a Miriam, okay? Of this bad Miriam, right? Well, again, Tosa says it was the mother, mother of Jesus, Miriam, and she was a Rasha. And uh, Malachamavas, so to speak, was uh, sending, sending out, the, calling, him in, calling her in, right? And uh, it turns out there was another Miriam at that time who had almost the exact same name. Right? Miriam Agadla Tardiki. Miriam who raised children. And sure enough, strangely enough, the, uh, the wrong Miriam died. Right? The wrong Miriam died. And you imagine people at the time saying, that Miriam Magdala died? The other Miriam Magdala should have died. This, right, the, the, the Miriam Magdala, this bad Miriam, presumably was a bad person. She was evil and people were wishing her death and this was, uh, she was a bad person. And the wrong one died. Right now, the point is, is that we're saying is you can't. It's easier, and this gets to Howie's point, which I'm going to go there. Is that it's one thing to say that the bad Miriam doesn't die. That's easier to say that Hashem leaves it leaves it alone. Doesn't necessarily execute justice, 
instantaneously for any uh, Rosh But what about the reverse? That's harder, and that seems to be what Rabbi is asking, is do you have the right to do that? That they're having the wrong Miriam die? That's, but she she's doesn't deserve death, right? She doesn't deserve death, right? So that's what it says, Yesh Nisbah Bil Mishpat. It's true, sometimes a person dies without Mishpat. He says, really? But how, how do you do that? Right? And so, so again, we have, we have to, uh, we're going to develop this a little bit. But that's what he's saying, is that not, sometimes people die, just like sometimes people could stay alive without Mishpat. It's not their time. It's their time to die, but they don't necessarily die. It means it's their time, like Mishpat is that they die, but yet they don't die. Sometimes it could be the reverse. It's the Mishpat that they don't die, but yet something happens. And that's what Rav Yosef was crying about, that the world seemingly works that way. Right? So the Gemara, so Rebbe asks him, well, or it's not clear in the Gemara who's asking, but how did you do that? How did you get her? If in fact it's not Mishpat, it wasn't her time to die, it wasn't Mishpat that she died, so how did you get her? Right? So the Gemara tells us this story about her poking herself with the, you know, with her, um, you know, stoker. Right? And it, she poked herself accidentally with, her stove, with uh, the, the, the iron, and she ended up uh, Isra Mazla. Right? Her Mazla became affected for the negative. Right? Okay, so, so, so how does that answer the question? And what's the idea? Right? And also, it's strange, what's the deal with these names? Right? What's the deal with these names? That they happen to have the same name? Or is that just, what does that have to have anything to do with it? Right? Is that just happens to be the mouth has got the wrong name? Like you'd think maybe she died by something getting confused with the names, but she just poked herself with a poker. So was the poker meant for the other Miriam? And the, like, what, what is what's going on here exactly? Right? Okay. So the clue, the clue to uh, which I, it seems to me the clue to understanding this is what he's saying is Isra Mazla. Her Mazla became affected. Okay, for the negative. So, what is this idea of mazel? And mazel is something which comes up in many places in Gemaras. And I think maybe if we analyze some of those sources, and I'm going to read it out of Joshua Saran about it in a little bit, but let's, maybe we could get some insight into what is this Isra Mazla. Mazel is somehow the, the constellations or something, but Isra Mazla, it's not, it's not, you think maybe Mazla do with how you're born, but you see this is like she poked herself in Isra Mazla. So what is Mazla? What's the role of Mazal? But it seems like the Gemara is explaining, using Mazla to explain how exactly this happened. How did the Mahmah of Asgadar, or the Shleich of the Mahmah of Asgadar? Okay? Yes, yeah. Yeah, right. It seems like, right, how do you resolve Mazla and Mishpat? Okay, so, so there's a few Gemaras. I want, to just go, I want to go through a few Gemaras, and each one of these could warrant an in-depth analysis in their own right. But at the same time, I want to go through a few of them and not analyze them in-depth, but try to just give a basic idea, which I'm going to lean on, on addresses around a little bit. Okay? So, so the first Gemara, which is, um, again, some of these Gemaras are famous. I'm sure you're aware of some of these Gemaras, and others are less so. So the, the striking one, it says, Amarava. This is in Moikat and Chav Chasim Aleph. He says, B'ni Chayu Mizoni. So, uh, I'm sorry, Cha, okay, Chayu B'ni Mizoni. So the uh, person's longevity and the amount of children they have and the, uh, their food, their, right, their sustenance, 
is lobis chusatayamelsa elabimazlatayamelsa. It's not taloi, it's not contingent upon a person's chus, but rather it's taloi in a person's mazl. Okay? How do you know? So it says, the harabah of chista. Okay, there's a case study. Rabbah and Rav Chista, Shravayu Rabban and Sadiqah Havi. They both were, were big Sadiqim. Okay, how much? So, Omar Matzli Vasir Vetra, Omar Matzli Vasir Vetra. Both of them, when they davened, the rain would come. They were that level of Tzidkos, that when there was a drought, they would daven and the rain would come. So it means they both were under Hashgacha. They both were able to, their tefillos were powerful to be able to bring the rain. So they were super high level people. And they were both, both in that caliber, okay? Both in that caliber. Don't tell me one of them was greater, one of them was greater. They're both that type of tzaddik, okay? But Rav Chista Chaya Tishin Metartin Shnen. Rav Chista lived till 92. Rav Chaya Arbaen. Rav only lived till 40. Be Rav Chista Shisin Hiluli, Be Rav Shisin Tichli. Rav Chista had 60 weddings or parties, and um, Rav had 60 like, funerals. Rotosa says maybe it's an exaggeration. Rochista Smidalakalbevonde, he had there was like special wheat for the dogs. There was so much plentitude of uh, great high level food. And Veraba Nama Dasari and Shilomashka. There wasn't even enough food, uh, barley bread for people. So they were both on this roughly the same caliber, but the Bni Chayim Azoni, their longevity was starkly different. Ninety two to forty. The amount of the children and the weddings versus the funerals, and the uh, food, the sustenance versus the uh, total poverty. Right. So the Gemara is saying that these matters are not totally in a person's chus. If they were, how could you explain such discrepancies? But rather, they're talui mazel. Okay. So Tosus asks. He says, "What do you mean?" But it's a Gemara in Shabbos, which says, "Ein mazel Yisrael." Right. Ein mazel Yisrael. There's no mazel for Klai Yisrael. So how could you explain the saying is Talim Mazel, but there's no Mazel for Kali Yisrael? So Tosa says, sometimes Mazel, it means there is Mazel, but it means sometimes Mazel changes. Sometimes Mazel could change, because the Gemara there in, in Shabbos talks examples where Mazel doesn't operate on Kali Yisrael. And sometimes the Mazel can't change. Mazel, ain't Mazel Yisrael. In fact, Rashi on the Gemara, ain't Mazel Yisrael. It's a Gemara in Shabbos, Kuf Nun Vav Amad Aleph. So he says, what does it mean, Yesh Mazel Yisrael? There is Mazel. Rashi says, Yesh ain't tefillah, it's tzedakah, Mishan, that's a Mazel. Tefillah and tzedakah cannot change Mazel. Okay? Can't change it. Mazel is Mazel. And in Mazel Yisrael, Rashi says, you think it means there is no Mazel. He says, no. Del Yedei tefillah is a chus, Mishan, a Mazel, a You could change the Mazel for the good through tefillah and, and as a chus. So it doesn't mean there's no mazel. Ain mazel Yisrael, Rashi is interpreting, and seeing this tosis also, doesn't mean there's no mazel for Yisrael, it just means it's not absolute. Mazel is not definite. It's not al-kalpanim. Yesh mazel Yisrael means that you can't change it. Mazel is mazel, it's fixed, it doesn't matter. Even for Yisrael, it is fixed. But ain mazel Yisrael, which the Gemara seems to bring many supports, a lot of different Tanama, Moram stories, which people held, ain mazel Yisrael, doesn't mean there is none, but it means it could be overridden. And that's what this Tosas here is saying. He says, I, how could it say, Rabbi Yosef, these things are of a mazel tanimil, so I ain't mazel Yisrael. He says, no, it means sometimes mazel could be changed, like those Gemaras and Shabbos, but sometimes it can't be changed. Sometimes mazel is fixed. And Tosas cites another Gemara in Tainus by Elizabeth ben Padas. So the story of Elizabeth ben Padas, it says like this, he was very uh, poor. 
Okay, very, very poor. And he one time went for bloodletting and he had nothing to eat. So he took like a piece of garlic and um, put it in his mouth. And he got sick and he went to sleep. And the Rabbanon came to visit him. And they saw him in his dream like he was crying and he was laughing and like a fire went out from his head. Something like that. So when they woke up, they said, well, let's go. what happened? Why were you laughing? Why were you crying? So he says, um, Hashem was sitting with me and, he's, and he, I said... He said, I said to Hashem, how much longer am I going to have tsar in this world? It's terrible. My existence is so painful. I have nothing to eat. I'm uh, like uh, total poverty. So Hashem said, Eliezer b'ni, Eliezer my son, it would be good for you if I turn, start the world again. I, I flipped over the world from the beginning. Right? Maybe I could change over the whole world. Maybe you'll be born at a time we will have goodness on us. We will have money. You want me to change around the whole world? And I'll do it. So it says, Amri Kameh. So they said, he said in front of him, this is I think Allah was with us saying, Kule Ahai Ve'efshar? He says, are you going to change the whole world around? And even so, maybe I'll be able to have food. Right? Was, right? That's what he said to him. Do you want, I'll change around the whole world and then maybe I'll be able to have goodness on us. Right? So the Gemara continues there. He ended up opting not to. Okay? <laughs> he asked, how much longer do I have left and how bad is it going to be? But he ended up not, deciding not to change it. But the point is, is that I think Tosas is bringing in, you see that the world is created in a way that there's mazel. And you can't just change one person and give him a lot of food. You ought to change him. You have to change the whole world. You want me to change the whole world around? But there's mazel. Mazel's in place. And it's not so simple. That's what Tosas is saying. Sometimes the mazel could override things, but sometimes it can't. By Rabbi and Vadas, it cannot. By Rabba and Rav Yosef, by Rav Yosef, it did not. Uh, in mazel Yisrael, sometimes mazel overrides it. Sometimes it doesn't. And then there's another, one more Gemara. It's a Gemara Nivamos um, Nun Tassimud Beis. By the way, these Gemaras, the, the Tosas and whatever, they all cite each other. I just don't know all these Gemaras. They, they're, all, they're all linked. Okay, by the Tosafim and Sarasashas on these Gemara. So the Gemara talks about there's a contradiction. Um, was it Menasha asked uh, Yeshayahu? He had these different questions for uh, for uh, trying attacking Torah. So he says on the one the pasuk says as Mispar Yamach Amale. When there's bracha, Hashem says, "I will fill out the, the number of your years. You'll live your full life." <coughs> the implication being, you'll you'll live up to your full life. But then there's another Pasuk, which is by Chizkiyahu, that says, I'll add on 15 years in, onto your life. Okay? As Yishayahu said that uh, Chizkiyahu, I'll add on 15 years onto your life. So it's a contradiction. Moshe Rabbeinu says that I'll give you a full life. But not, it doesn't sound like you can't add on. But now it sounds like Yishayahu is saying he'll add on time. So more says the It says, the Rabbi Akiva holds... As Misbah that if you if you're Zocha, you'll live your full life. It means the full amount of time which is allotted to you at your Shasle Dasa. That's what Rashi says. that if you live, if you have your Zocha, you'll live the full lifespan which is allotted to you at your birth. If you're not Zocha, then they'll lessen it for you. And the Chachamim say the opposite, that if you're Zocha, you'll actually add on to a person's lifespan. And if you're not Zocha, then they take away. Okay? So there's like a, a, the, the, what's, apparently what's going on here is there is a given lifespan, like a mazel, which a person is given, 
And the machlokas are about the subtleties of to what degree is a chus. Zechus could definitely, I mean, Avera could definitely lessen it. They're arguing about could Zechus give you a bonus or not. Right? Zechus give you a bonus or not. Okay. So, um, okay. So the point is, again, from all these Gemara's, you see that there is this balance. Okay, there is a balance and a uh, discussion between there's this idea of mazel or a given lifespan, the life which you're given from birth and the uh, amount of food, certain things which are mazel, and yet there's also this realm of schus, and there's a balance somehow, and there's arguments and discussions about to what degree schus, tefillah, could override mazel, to what degree mazel is fixed, right? Okay, so, so what's the discussion about? Yeah. Before that, uh, yeah. I don't know if it's the same, uh, was it Rabba? Yeah, maybe, I don't know, I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> oh, Rabba. Rabba. No, 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 Rav Yosef. Rabbi lived to 92 and Rav Yosef lived till 40. Till 40. I said it the reverse? Yeah, you said it the reverse. Well, I'll tell you in a second. Um, Rav Chis still lived to 92 and Rabbi was 40. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Rabbi was 40. There's another Gemara that talks something about Rabbi and Abai. Okay. And he also lived to 40. I know it's the same person. And they bring years in as well. Okay. Okay. I don't know. No, I'm not familiar. The Rava? Different person. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can't ask Rava Rava questions because the Gears doesn't change though. I don't know. This Gemara is saying maybe it's Machlokas. Maybe it's a different Rava Rava, and this Gemara is saying it's it's the Mazel. Okay, so it's saying it's not totally, it's This Gemara is holding it's using Mazel as an explanation. It's not trying to explain it by Shlos. Maybe there's another Gemara, but that's not this one. Okay, but if you can find it, I'd like to see it. Okay, thank you. Okay, so, so I'd like to read to you um, a little bit from Drasha Saran. Okay, so. I think there are, there are a number of Rishonim who discuss this. Probably uh, a lot of you are familiar with Rambam's on this topic and uh, Ramban's and the Sefer Achinach. But the Joshua Saran is a beautiful Sefer and there are a lot of nice points in the Joshua Saran, but they're hard to find because the Joshua's are somewhat long-winded and tangential and whatever. So this is in a Joshua about Nebuchadnezzar Moshe Rabbeinu and this Chayt and whatever. But he has a digression where he gets into Mazel. And, so I'm going to read you a little bit. Not too much. Like two, 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 two paragraphs. Okay? But it's, it says nicely. And he brings in this idea of Mazel. And he brings in the idea of uh, Tzadik Varala and Rosh And he I think he'll be a, a, a good way for us to approach uh, our, our Gemara. Okay? So he says, like, I'm reading for this. is the English church. So it's translated on Safari. So uh, I'm just going to read in English. It's, so he says, there is a complete concurrence among the sages of Israel that this terrestrial world is subject to the influence and control of the stellar system unless divine service nullify its mandated effect. Okay? It follows from this that if one's merit is not so great as to cause a change in the mazel system on his behalf or to cause him to be so closely superintended by divine providence as to have the Blessed One place it into his heart to perform an act which would protect him against the adverse influence of the mazel, so long as one of those two does not obtain, unless Hashem is going to basically change the mazel for him, 
or cause him to somehow do something which is going to avoid the mazel. It follows that he'll be punished even though he is not liable to that punish, punishment on the basis of his deeds. This is the intent of Moed Katan Chavchas, B'ni Chayim Mazoni, Labis Chusatayim Melza, El of the Mazel. And likewise, in Be'atamlo Seitzu Ishm Pesach Beisad Boker, person, right, Hashem said to the Jews, don't leave Pesach Beisad. It says, Kivan Shnitim Meshus Lamashlis, Enam Alchabin Sadak Rasha. Once Hashem gives Meshus to the destroying agent to destroy, he doesn't differentiate between a Sadak and a Rasha. And herein is resolved the great dilemma in God's conduct of the world. Of Tzadik Viralo Varasha Vatovlo. The righteous man who suffers and the wicked man who prospers. For if the heavenly influences manifesting themselves in this terrestrial world were all specific, if it were the case that this, the, the, the influences were specific so that one star would attach to one man alone, the blessed one assigning it to him individually to compensate him according to his deeds, if everything was directly targeting each individual in the world, this would indeed be a cause of great wonder. Why is it tzaddik uh, dying and why is it Rasha living? Right? If, if it were the case that Hashem ran the world by having a separate star, a separate influence for each and every person, then you have a big kasha. But this is not the case. For the ordinance of the terrestrial world is generic so that it is impossible to expect continuous good uninterrupted occasionally by evil. This would be analogous to expecting the sun to ripen grain and fruit want the sun to do all the good things it does and not beat down on the head of the righteous man walking on the road in the period of Tammuz, which is in the summer, so that he not, so that he not contract the illness to which he is thus predisposed. What do you want to have the sun basically do all the good things that the sun does, but the one side, like it's not going to end up being hot for him, it's going to be cold and he's going to live in some little uh, cool zone. It's not the way the world works. In the same way, when a certain malignant influence is released on a place or region, it will not manifest itself as a blessed one striking with rod or strap only specific individuals, but as a generic destructive force, which will cause injury even to him who does not deserve to be punished by it, unless his merit be so great that the blessed one save him from an alteration of nature. Okay? Okay. So the main, the main point that I take from this, I think is implicit what he's saying, is that Hashem doesn't run the world through having a separate system of laws for each and every person. But Hashem has laws of nature. And that's the Chachm of the Bria, that there are laws, and that the sun shines, and that there are plagues. And those laws affect Tzadik and Rasha equally. And those are good laws. He set up good laws. But it's not... Sometimes it may turn out that the sun which provides heat and sustenance and all the good things your son provides, might end up having a tzaddik who has a particular predisposition, might end up getting an illness, a man on the dying. And the same thing on the flip side of a rasha. But that's not, that's not a problem because the, the laws themselves work on universal levels. And therefore he's saying is you can't ask Akasha if those laws which he set up end up affecting uh, individuals. And that, that's what he's, he's, he's describing these laws as the mazel. That's what he's saying is the mazel is the law. So again, I think mazel is the, in their times, they had the mazel was the science of the, of the constellations. Nowadays, I think you have to replace it with uh, laws of physics or medicine or whatever the case is, DNA and whatever, whatever else is responsible, whatever laws of nature are responsible for life and death and for other 
occurrences in this world. The saying is that Hashem runs the world based upon good laws of nature, and the laws of nature are good. But sometimes those laws end up leading to a tzaddik v'ralo or rasha v'tovo. Now, the, the Ran notices sometimes Hashem would change the mazel. Sometimes he could change the mazel for the person. And sometimes he could cause the person to act in a certain way, like he won't get on an airplane, or I don't know, something like that, where he's not necessarily changing the mazel, but he's putting it into the tzaddik or the Russia's heart to act in a way that the mazel doesn't end up influencing him. But so long as HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't do that, which he says is not necessarily, that takes a high level of person to necessarily warrant such a thing, so then the laws of nature are all in And there's a mazel, but the mazel is the mazel. And I think that's what he's saying, is B'ni Chayim Zoni. Typically, a person's children and, uh, and their uh, sustenance and their uh, lifespan are dependent upon forces like this. Right? Like there's a DNA and there's a whatever economic conditions and different factors which a person finds himself are not totally in Zuchos, but there is a mazel. Now the question is, Yesh Mazel Yisrael, Yesh Mazel Yisrael is Kal Yisrael. Is it possible, given that Hashem's laws lead to a certain person having a good, con- like a bad consequence, is it possible that it could be overridden? So that's the machlokas, which seemingly the Gemara goes with saying yes. Ein mazal Yisrael. It's possible to override that. But it didn't happen by Rabbi and Yosef. And the Gemara of Rabbi and Yosef is saying is, do not try to explain the difference between Rav Yosef and Rabbi's life by Zchas. They were not that different. They were both super tzaddikim, with Davin, and the rain came down. And the, the, what happened to them was so different. 92 years old and 40 years old and 60 weddings and 60 funerals and the food, the plentitude and the poverty. It cannot be explained by Zchas. But there are laws of nature and they found themselves that their mazel was different. They had different mazels. And the same thing with Rabbi Lazarus and Das. What it's saying is, it's like you want to change the whole world? I think that's what it's saying. Is you want to change the whole world? It's not so simple. There are laws of nature. That's what the, that's what the, um, the Ran is saying. What do you want to do? You want to have the sun shine for everyone and that one tzaddik happens to be there. I know it turned the sun off for a minute or created it. That's going to breach the laws. And there's a chachma to the laws of nature and the way that the laws operate. And that's not the way the universe works. Now, there's, again, there are machloksim to what degree. There is an idea, there is an interplay between mazel and between zchas. And that's what I think what the Gemara Nibamas is discussing is one way is learning, one sheet on the Gemara there was learning is that you have your fixed mazel, but then a zchas or your rishos could end up, if you're zochay, you get your full mazel. Whereas your time slot is that you have a DNA or whatever it is you're going to live, you have the capacity to live a certain amount of years. But if you're a chote, then you could get it cut short. But if you're a zocha, well, that's, you're not going to live more than what your DNA allows for. Your DNA allows you to live till 80. So then how's it, you're not going to live more? The other sheet that the Gemara is maintaining, no, that mazel could even cause you to, tefillah and zchus could even cause you to go beyond that. There's really like an, the, the din is based upon, your lifespan is based upon a combination of the two factors. But again, this is the, this is the framework. There's a framework of discussion of the interplay between the mazel and zchas. And there are a lot of Gemaras taking up all the you know, different permutations and studying the area, like uh, Gemaras do. Okay. But the fact that there is a mazel is, um, is a given. Okay. So, that being the case, that's on the flip side. Right? So just like it could be the case 
that a Rasha, his din is that he's more Averas than Zechuyos, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to drop dead. If the mazel doesn't have it, that his mazel is that he's going to live till old, till uh, a ripe old age, it could be Hashem's not going to intervene with the laws to kill a Rasha. Maybe Midas din is that he will. But Midas din isn't the only factor in how God runs the universe. There's a system of mazel, there's a chachma of the Bria, which Hashem put into play. And similarly, Yesh Nisbah Bel Mishpat. What we're saying is that it could be you could have someone who, according to Mishpat, doesn't, is not Zochah, doesn't deserve a fate of death, like Rabbah. But at the same time, their mazel is, this is the way the laws of nature are, are fixed, is that they end up dying earlier. They die at a young age. That's the lifespan of Rabbah. And you can't infer that that means that he was so much more sinful than than Rav Yosef was because he died 52 years earlier. Right? Similarly, oh, no, so like this, is that there's mazel, mazel, see, the way the Gemara is here is talking about it is like a mazel built into the amount of how a person was like a person's given lifespan. And to some extent, I think this is still true, is a person has a given lifespan. There's certainly, you know, the person, some people, families, people live into their 90s and other people, their families live into much shorter. Right? And that's, there's, there's genes, there's DNA. But that's, so one way people die is just by naturally their life uh, comes to an end based on their God-given lifespan, their DNA-determined lifespan. But there's another way people die is by accidents, if you will, by events which occur to them in their life. Like you po- poke a person pokes themselves on their foot and gets an infection with a poker. And Isra Mazla. So Mazla isn't this like predetermined number in the sky, how long you're going to live. It might be you have a genetic clock, how long you could live. But there are also chance factors. You could have great genes and every in your family could live to 90, but if you get into a car accident or whatever, poke yourself with a poker, it may not happen that way. Right? So there's, there's an interplay. So I think that's what the Gemara is saying, is that, that by this Mary, there was a Isra Mazla. Her Mazla became weakened based upon the fact that she poked herself. So even though, on the one hand, Mary Magdala Sayer Nishaya, Mary the hairdresser, was evil, and had a din of Misa on her, but she ended up living till a ripe old age. I don't know how old she lived. And Miriam, Miriam Magla Dardiki, Mora Miriam, she had a din. She didn't really have a din against her, but she ended up Isra Mazla, and the Malachmavis got her. And the onlookers might be shocked. It says, what? That Mary died? That Miriam died? That's crazy. I would have thought the exact opposite. Shouldn't mean it's a din. Warrant that the other Miriam would die, not this Miriam. And that's the Mahal saying, Yeshner Spabalo Mishpat. You can't see when a person dies, you can't say, ah, that person must have been a Rashanis. And that person must have been a Sadekas. You can't infer Mishpat from the way the Mazel plays out, because the world is built with a Mazel in it. Okay. Yeah, give me one second here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know there's still questions hanging. I haven't answered. I'm not done. Yeah, okay, what's the big question? Okay, okay, okay good. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, okay, what else? Yeah, question, Ayala? How did the model work to keep the evil Miriam alive? Okay. Because the model had a mission at that time. Okay, good. What is this mission? 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good question. Well, what is the Malacham Aves, and what is his mission, and what's going on here? That's, uh, we have to explain that all together. What's the Malacham Aves' mission, and how is he going around with pokers? And, like, what's... Also, the, the, the good Miriam, it doesn't sound like a, a natural act that they're describing. It sounds like a poor decision on her part, the way she was handling... Okay. A poker. Yes. Yes. True. True. It does seem that way. But still, that doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily lethal uh, hate. But yes, I hear you. Good point. We'll, we'll get to that. Yes. John? Okay. Okay, yeah, good. Good. Okay. Okay, good. Because uh, the question is, how does this Malachamavas get the wrong Miriam? Right? What does that mean? Right? Well, it seems like that somehow it's depicting it as a dip. But yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. So, so let me ask you so one question. Let's, let's proceed a little bit, okay? So, so you could ask a question, but is this just? Right? But where is the justice? Right? Where is the justice? I mean, it's nice just to say that's the way the world works. But is that just? After all, if you're telling me that Rabba and Rabbi Yosef, really, according to their zechus, were the same, roughly. So then, is that just that he's attaining? Uh, Rabbi Yosef is living such a great life, and Rabba is having such suffering. Where's the justice in it, right? So it's not, you could just say this, but it does make you wonder: is that is there an explanation for that, or just Yeshua's from Mishpat? There's no Mishpat. Well, what about Mishpat? What about Kaldrach of Mishpat? Right. So does it really? address the problem, or it just says, no, you can't ask that. Right? Right. So one thing, the, the, the Ron gives one answer, okay, and I'd like to evaluate, develop a, a different answer, which I think is also in the Rishana. Okay? So the Ron says like this, is for starters, one answer you could say is Alam Haba. Okay? So the Ron says like this, that is, the ultimate and essential requital will take place in the world to come. But it is possible that in this world the wicked man may live in repose and the good man suffer adversity under his governing mazel. As stated by our sages of blessed memory, one born under the moon will suffer much evil. And this, in fact, stands to reason. For since the spheres exert their influence in this tra- on this terrestrial world, it follows that they should produce a corresponding effect. And there is no cause for wonder in anything of material nature being subject to this ordinance. Okay? So what he's saying is, is that there are two worlds. There's Olam Hazeh and there's Olam Abba. And the ultimate... Schar or Olam Asha person receives an Olam Abba. And you can't just judge Mishpa totally based upon what a person receives in this world. If this world were the full picture of human existence, so then so you maybe have a Kasha between Rabban and Yosef. But when you realize that this world is but Olam it's a short world, and there's an eternal world, an eternal existence of Olam Abba, Yom Kulo Tov, so then, the question, it's the ultimate justice question could be answered in terms of Alam Abba. You still have to explain why did this person die, but that's what he's saying. Mazel explains that. There's Mazel, the way this world is uh, governed by a system of Mazel. Now you're just saying, yeah, but why is that fair to this person? We're saying, well, that you're only seeing part of the picture in terms of the ultimate Sharonesh. Sharonesh incorporates uh, Alam Abba as well. So therefore, there's not the person isn't going to be shortchanged because there's a high, there's an ultimate system of Alam Abba. So the Kasha was just saying that this world is not solely strictly determined by Mishpat, it's determined by Mazel. 
But what about mishpat? So the Ron saying is, yeah, but there's mishpat is not only in this world. If this is the whole world, then that's it. But there's a world to come. Yeah. Say you can't draw any deductions from this world, and really you get that much by this world. Does he mean to say that really what's going on in this world could contribute to his, uh, his fame? You know, right. Um, I mean, the, the Nachmiyah being, when there's actually benefits the study of the what's going on in this yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Yes. So he does say sometimes Hashem intervenes with the world. He does. He leaves that as a thing. You know, as a factor that God sometimes does intervene with the world to end up saving a tzaddik or changing the mazal or. But, but that he's saying that it's not it's not as like uh, convincing or uh, you know hundred percent like you'd expect it to be. But your question is well, I don't follow your question exactly. Is he, does he mean to say that you really cannot draw any deductions about what's going on in this world? Is, uh, does he mean to say that no? Theoretically, there is a, uh, a benefit to uh, to investigating it, and that the benefit is that you can see the effect that can have the uh, the true mushpat to be in the world afterwards. But he has to experience something in this world to uh, experience the benefit in the next world. Um, uh, I don't. I still don't hundred percent follow, but I think he's saying you can't. I don't think he's saying there's no mishpat in this world. He's saying sometimes Hashem does intervene in the laws. And there's a balance between Mazel and Zchas. But I don't think you could look at Rabbah and Rav Yosef and deduce that Rav Yosef was a bigger tzaddik, much bigger tzaddik than Rabbah, because there is a system of Mazel. So there's an interplay between the two. You can't make deductions about a person's Siddhkas Arishas based upon what happens to them because it's arguably attributable to, Mish- to, to Mazel. So... Well, not in particulars, and we're going to get to this. You could study generals, universals, which I have to okay. clarify what I mean by that, but I think he's saying you can't look at a person and say, oh, that person died, they must have really been a Rasha. That's wrong. Rabbah died, he must have had, what was his chayt? He says, Rabbah, that's why thing we're saying, is they both died and then the rain came. 52 years, the difference is just too much, you can't explain that by, uh, by Zechus. That's what we're saying. It's la b'shus time. It's all of a mazel. So that happened based on mazel. Now, where's the justice? This is not. This world isn't the sole place of of, of mishpat. That's what the Ran is suggesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It says the tzaddik dies as machaper. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> Two Gemaras. Okay. I'm glad you don't know them off the top of your head. It would make it harder for me, you know? <laughs> yes. You're taking that as um, an example of that you really can't study justice, or you that in this situation you're not going to be able to, but there are all times that you can. Yeah. Well, it's saying like that. Who was uh, having a discussion with Mahomes? Right. And he came to this case. Yeah. Okay, good. Good question. Yeah. But there is a study that you could make, and you could say, most of the time I do see justice. Yeah, yes. Okay, so so, so, yeah, okay, so so let me clarify that. Okay, yeah. I think, yeah, in general, in particular people, I don't think that's a fair deduction. You can't just look at this person and say they're a Tzadik, they're a Rasha, based upon their lifespan. But there is something you can do about this world. Okay, so, so what is that? Right? What is that? And, and also, we have to get back to, so what's this idea of the Baal HaMavah sending a shliach to get this Miriam, that Miriam, right? What's that whole thing? 
It doesn't sound sounds like something else is going on here, right? So before we get to that, let's get to so what is the is this world is there justice in this world at all? Are we just saying, look, this world is mazel. And this world has nothing to do with justice. Justice is the world to come. This world is a world of uh, mazel, cold laws of nature, nothing to do with, with justice. Or is there a place of mishpat in this world as well? <coughs> yes, Aaron. Justice, I mean that a tzaddik gets a uh, good. Yes, right, right. Is there is there a system of right a tzaddik a and rasha v'rala in this world, or is it just saying this world is mazel, and the next world is uh, the next world is uh, the world of v'sarvonish, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think the the answer to that question is uh, in the Ram talks about this and. So this is a, I couldn't find a particular source. I didn't have time to find one, but this is prevalent. Rabbi's talked about this over the years, and so which is that this is that the the world is created in a way, the natural order of the world is created in a way that, in general, the overwhelming majority of cases, the tzaddik is going to have a good life and the rasha is going to have a bad life. The laws of the universe are set up in a way that a person who lives a life whose pursuit of truth and of the good and of HaKadosh Baruch and of Odzah Hashem and isn't pursuing crazy fantasies of uh, all kinds of uh, things which are wealth and fame and fortune and all that and uh, taiva but is just pursuing just to take care of his basic needs to be involved in a life of Chachma he'll generally have a very good life he'll have his needs you don't need that much to subsist to be able to be involved in the world of ideas, the world of Chachma. In general, the life of the tzaddik is a good life. And on the other hand, the life of the rasha, as opposed to the roshan kayam negrash, they're like turbulent like the sea. The life of pursuing taifas and wealth and fame and fortune is a life of, uh, which leads to many, many negative consequences. And they could study Mishlai and just see the good consequences which come to the tzaddik and the bad consequences which come to the rasha. And that's the Mishpat is woven into the laws of nature. Hashem set up a good world. And the world is good, the laws of nature are good, and they're good to lead to the general conclusion that a tzaddik will have, will have schar naturally through the, uh, the fact that the world is built in a way that there is a reward for a good life, for living a good life in line with the Baudas Hashem, in line with truth. And a lot of someone who twists the world and his own fantasies and lives in line, tries to make the world conform to his own personal wishes, fantasies, he's going to end up leading to uh, suffering and great difficulties in his life. In general, in general, it doesn't mean you can't have a tzaddik who's going to suffer, like Rav Azar because of his mazel. But even Rav Azar doesn't mean he had a terrible life in terms of, he's saying in terms of the physical world, but he still had Torah, so that ideals. And it doesn't mean you can't have a Russia who's going to have a live till the ripe old age and ostensibly having a good life. Again, it doesn't mean he's not going to be suffering internally because of but whatever. But in the general pattern, and that's the way you could study the the Mishpat of, uh, of, uh, in, in this world. Now, I don't know if this is the exclusive way, but certainly a large way to see the world of Tzadik Tovlo, Rosh Allah, is to study the patterns of the universe, of the laws of the, which the God set up in the universe, and see how, in many ways, Hashem gives a person a good life. And as the Ramam in Mornvuchim says, many times Hashem is depicted as rewarding a person or as doing actions 
even though it might depict it as him doing something actively, sometimes it just means he set up laws and it's really the natural order which is giving the person a good life. So I think oftentimes Hashem rewards a person is not necessarily him targeting a particular person and giving him something, but he set up laws that a tzaddik will have a good life. And Hashem rewards him by doing that. He rewarded all tzaddikim as such and punishes Rosham. But that's like the method of which Hashem's you know, carrying out His will in this world is often via laws. And if you want to study the Mishpat of Hashem in this world, one good route to doing so is by studying the good laws which He set up and see how that leads to Tzaddik Betovlo and Rosham Okay. Now, yeah. Yes. 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 So this I want to thank everybody for helping me work this uh, part out. So what's this idea of the, the mistake in the Marys, Miriams, the Mahmavas mistaking the Miriams? So one of the laws which Hashem set up in a way which punishes evil people, okay? One of the ways which evil people suffer in this world is through their reputation, okay? A person who is an evil person makes many enemies, <coughs> they create they, they, a lot of people hate them because they're after all they're not, not considerate about other people and they do evil things and it ends up they create they get a reputation of being a bad person and people want them bad, dead affected hurt pain suffer right and uh, and the flip side of a tzaddik a tzaddik has a good reputation and people uh, like the tzaddik and they want to help the tzaddik and they care about the tzaddik and that's one, one method by which Risham are punished in this world. Okay, again, Tzaddik and Risham the flip side, but I'm focusing here on Risham. So again, one method is through the bad reputation. There are, people have death wishes for, for Risham. They generally, people, um, you know, people get hit, you know, get all kinds of bad things happen to them. If you're, you live that type of a life, you often end up getting, like in, again, like in the world, people who are in gangs end up getting killed. Just by whatever. Lots of different, they have enemies. And it's a dangerous life. And if you have people who don't want you alive, then it's very often that you end up getting killed. So it could be is like this, is that, so that I'm saying is like one of the, one of the methods, one of the tools that the Malachamavas has to kill people is through, uh, kill Rashaim is through bad reputations. Okay, is through them having a bad reputation amongst people. And that oftentimes leads to a person's death. So for example... Miriam, Magdala, Sarah, and Ashaya, okay, this bad Miriam, she was a bad person, and people didn't like her. And people would be talking about her, saying, this Miriam, oh, I can't wait till the day she curses, Miriam, Yemachshma, and whatever, you know? Like, uh, people in the, the, in the society are going to basically all hate her, and want her to die, and want her to, when's the day, waiting for the day of her death, cursing the day she was born. And that oftentimes will lead to her death. That actually could lead to a person's death. If other people, in many different ways, many different ways, you could you know, figure out different ways, but that generally will hurt a person. 
Okay, whether someone will kill her, someone won't help her, people will look at her in a certain way, they will affect her psychologically and cause her to be upset with her life, and there's a lot of different things. But that's a good, that's a good part of the universe. That's one of the ways Hashem set up. That's one of the shluchim of the Malachamavas to kill bad people, is that. And that's a good feature of the universe. You want the universe to work that way. It helps. It's good. But, like many things in the universe, many good laws of nature, like mutations, for example, is a good law of nature. It's what allows the diversity of life and allows evolution to happen. But it also results in cancer in rare cases. So, there are certain laws of nature are good in general, but the mazel has it that it ends up affecting certain people in a negative way. This law of nature of bad people having bad reputations and going down because of that also has an uh, cancer to itself, has an unforeseen consequence, which is that the Miriam who has the same name as her, basically the same name as her, is going to be take a lot of heat. Okay? For example, if someone has the name of uh, Osama bin Laden, by chance, <laughs> it's not going to be good for them. People are going to, the kids are going to make fun of them in school. Right? It's not going to be good for them. They're not going to have a good life. So it could be is that this Miriam, who basically was known by the same name, okay, this is a speculative part of the share, by the way. So this Miriam, who went by, um, by the same name, it could be she took the heat because she was identified, she had the identical name as the other Miriam. And that's going to be, imagine the pain that a person like that is going to go through. Everyone in society is talking, when's the day that Miriam Magdala Sarnashaya dies. And it's like, you're talking about me? Or, oh, no, not you. It's, and it could be that basically that influenced her, impacted her in a negative way, and she ended up slipping, somehow ended up being not careful with the poker, and ended up leading to her death. Maybe she hurt herself, maybe she didn't have the strength to carry through with her life, her life wasn't worth living, I don't know exactly, but basically it ruined her life and ended up leading to her, to her death. And that is the Malach HaMavas, this Shliach of the Malach HaMavas, namely of killing people by, by their bad reputation, has an unintended consequence, which is that it's almost like a stray bullet ends up you know, hitting the wrong person. So it's like there's this, this good law of nature, which is good, ends up affecting this particular person. And that's part of the Mazel. It's the Mazel. The Mazel has it that sometimes things like that happen. There are good laws... Because they're laws, and they don't differentiate between each and every individual, they sometimes end up leading to a negative consequence, and they could lead to someone dying, yesh nisba, below mishpa. She ends up dying by this agent of the Malcham before it's not her time. She didn't do anything wrong. What did this Miriam or Miriam do? She was totally innocent. She just happened to have the wrong name. Right? But that's sometimes the way the world is. You happen to have the wrong DNA. What do you do? But that's part of Muslim. So the mazel, this is just the method by which the malchamav has got her. Okay? Yeah? Why is it that uh, the malchamav has to have a personality and which causes death? Right. But, like Rashi says, three partners in birth. Right. And it directly refers to a Right. It's a Kajmarka in both cases. Yeah, but a Kajmarka works through laws. Some, some uses the laws of nature to accomplish as well. So the malachim are, are agents which Hashem uses. I, I, malachim, I believe, fine, good. But, but why, do you need, why do you need the malachim directly that will cause the death? 
by causing a birth to come to place, we refer to it as a Gashbarth was apart. Why is that? I mean, Hashem is a malach to create births. I don't know the pasuk exactly, but there's a nice, beautiful pasuk which says that. Three partners of birth. Husband, wife, mother, right. Right. right, the mother and the father. Those are the messengers. Why not just say Hashem makes a person? No, but he says three partners. No, why the three? Hashem does it. Ultimately, Hashem does it, but you see, he uses partners to bring about a baby. No, I'm answering. I'm answering. I'm saying is Hashem does that by life also. He uses partners. He uses a mother and a father and himself. So, yeah. so here too, he uses a malach. He uses a malach of us. Okay. okay. Yeah. It sounds like Venus from Moskva is the after Yes. Yeah, I'm saying is that the point is is that it's the, the mazel is a reference to the system of laws of nature which results in people living and dying. And the particular method which it ended up working was through the poker. But I'm saying the poker was also based upon the mixing up the names. Like that's also part of the story. So I'm saying, but ultimately the poker is the particular method which he died through. But that invoked a infection or whatever it is. But the mazel was, was Israel because, because you have the same name. Yes, and, and yes, yes, yes. Right. Yeah, okay, so now, so now here's the hard part, okay? Here's the hard part. So this, this is the pshat hard part. What is the what in the world is the transition to dar holichu darba? Right, remember that he says. What do you mean the malchamav is the the Bible says? How could it be the pasuk says dar holichu darba? A generation comes and generation leaves. What does that have anything to do with this discussion? Who's talking about generations coming and going? Right. Okay. So there's no context. It just says, and how did she die? So it says the poker. Okay, the whole poker thing. And the mazel. So he says, Do you have a shush to do that? He says, Yes, Right? He says, Yeah, but what about the Darba? Right? So what does that mean? Right? What is Darhul Darba talking about? Okay. So appreciate the difficulty of that problem before you hear me give an answer. Okay? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so so one thing is, again, I was looking around that Pasuk. So the Tirgum on that Pasuk references that there's a din, without getting into the details of it, he's talking about there's a mishpat on doros. Okay? He mentions the idea that there's a door is punished for the sins of the next generation. And the, what brought to my mind is that there's a mishpat, just like the Ramam said, just like there's a mishpat on Yechidim, there's a mishpat on the Tibor, there's a mishpat on, do, on doros. There's a mishpat on a door, right? There's a, just like a person could be killed because of eros, you could have a city or the whole world. There's a door. So now there's a difference between the mishpat of individuals and the mishpat on seaboard. So, for instance, the Rashba says, "How could you say there's no mazel in mazel Yisrael?" But don't we know it says vayim shemotishmu and there'll be rain? And the brachos and the Torah are all over the place talking about the brachos, talking about this world. You'll have great benefits. So how could you argue in mazel Yisrael? Right? right. How, I'm sorry, how could you argue? Yesh mazel Yisrael, everything's mazel. But it's open against Pesukim in the Torah that say that there's there's Onesh. So the Rashba says is that's for the Tzibor. He says for the Tzibor, definitely, that is not mazel. That definitely is Tzibor Onesh for Klal Yisrael as a whole. Definitely is, uh, that's Hashgach HaPratis. He says it's individuals are subject to the laws of mazel. And individuals could die because of, uh, because of uh, mazel. 
But to say Klai Yisrael is going to have a tragedy happen to them just by pure chance, he says that's not true. The Tzibor, the Pesukim which talk about Brachas and Klalos is a reference to the Tzibor, to Klai Yisrael. And Klai Yisrael is comprised of Doros, one Dor after another after another, and a certain Doros have a good Din and other Doros have a bad Din. And that's based upon the Chuyos and Rosh and Averos of the Dor. So it could be what the Gemara is asking is that it might be true you'll say this Mary didn't deserve death and Yeshinesh was below Mishpah. Granted. But doesn't that affect the Dor? Doesn't, don't these individuals who die based upon chance factors end up undermining the Dor? And the Dor as a whole is on the Ashkach Pratis. The Dor is Klai Yisra. The Dor is comprised of many individuals. So how do you justify saying that Klai Yisrael as a whole is subject to Din and to Mishpat and Ashkacha, but individuals just pass based upon uh, chance factors? But the, the, how do you justify those two? Right? So the Kabi is saying is, so the answer, the first answer is, don't worry, I still carry her around with me, swimming around, and I don't deposit her to the Shomer Mason. Right? So what does that mean? So maybe it means is that even when a person passes their impact is still felt in the Tzibor. When Rabbah dies and he's 40, don't think Rabbah doesn't continue to influence the world. And he's still being, swimming around the world for many, many years to come. His whole generation is impacted by Rabbah. Even once Rabbah passes, everyone who knew Rabbah, everyone, the memory of Rabbah continues to exert an influence on the world. And the Tzibor is still benefiting from Rabbah even though he passes. So Rabbah may die based upon Mazel, but the door still gets the benefits of Rabbah, even if he passes on. Because he's still, he's not deposited to the Shomer HaMesim. He's not lost from the memories of people until the door passes on. So he says, yeah, it might be true he's been remembered by the people, but what about those years? Bottom line is, Rabbah had 52 years that he wasn't there, so his memory exists, but he still does. There's the reality, Miriam this teacher was not teaching people for years. So what about the fact that maybe people remember her, but what about the students that she would have been able to teach? So, so it answers that Hashem says, I'll give back those years to a tzaddik who is Ma'avar Midosav. So it could be a means is like this. Ma'avar Midosav says, the person is a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Zayin Amadav, says, Ma'avar Midosav, Ma'avir Kol That it means a person who is not medactic to on people who afflict him, and he basically... You know, doesn't isn't strict with his din. People may afflict him, and he just lets it go. So Hashem will let him go. He won't be the strict letter of the law of him, and he'll end up giving him schar, and he'll have rachamim on him. So it could means like this: is that in terms of the law, so so, even though it might be a person might end up dying, and that impacts the generation, and there is an impact. There's going to be an impact in the generation, but in Hashem's cheshbon. Hashem makes it up to the Tzibor. There, there could be other individuals who are deserving. They, in a certain sense, have a shortfall in terms of their den. Someone who's Mavar al-Midosav ends up not really getting his fair share because he's mochal and he lets people get away with things which they don't really shouldn't get away with. But he's mochal. So Hashem will make it up to that person and, so to speak, will give him extra years in his life. He'll get back... Miriam ends up dying young, and the society is impacted by that Miriam dying young, but the society will get it back in terms of there's be an ultimate Hashem's din as a balance. And the mishpat on the door balances out the, the everybody. And it's saying is there is maybe a tzaddik who deserves a bonus because he's Mavel Midosav, and he'll end up getting those extra years back. So while there might be an individual might 
pass on and that might impact the door. But that's part of Hashem's cheshben is to balance out the equation and to make it good on the door. A door is a very complex cheshben. And it's saying is there's a balancing between the two and through individuals who are deserving of something extra, Hashem will be mashkiach to end up balancing out the den on the tzibor. And that's why he's saying is you can't, the question on the door, on the tzibor, is a much more complex cheshben, which Hashem in his, you know, the infinite chachma works all that out. All right. So, um, that's it. What's that? Another answer? No, I don't think so. We don't understand God's question. It always will have in the end. Well, that's, yeah, when you're dealing with a societal level, you're dealing with a much bigger cheshbon, and that's part of the balancing equation, you know? That's part of what he works out using this model of the ghost. We never know that balance. What? That balance is not for us. Right. Right. But you can still study the outcome, the specific outcome, the fact that you're Yes, yes, yes. Oh. With the uh, resources? No, all you know is that. I'm going to go to the guy for Yeah. Okay. I just want to add one point, just to clarify a little bit about in what what does it make mean that Hashem takes the years from you know from Mary and gives them to somebody else? How does how does that work? You can just take years from somebody and give it to somebody else. So, for one thing, you could say it's, uh, I don't know how to work fully work it out, but just some direction is that when one person dies, what you end up doing is it creates opportunities for other people. For on one level, let's say the food which they were going to eat or the you know now ends up going to somebody else, or on a on more deep, further level, like let's say now. There's a new opportunity. Now you have an opening for a new school teacher. So now who's going to take our spot? And then who's going to... But the problem is, is like... But ultimately, it's going to be a chain. Who's going to take our spot? So you give someone else an opportunity. Yeah, but what about what she, the other person was doing? And then the other person was doing And So it's like, in a certain sense, there is an effect. When one person dies, first of all, everyone will remember her. That's the first point. But it changes up the whole balance of the way things work in the world. And it's saying is like... But the more saying, so so ultimately there's a loss. While it might be true, you could move everything around that one person dies, it creates new opportunities for another person, and then those opportunities are going to go to someone else and do whatever, but ultimately you can end up losing it out. What it's saying is that that's part of the complications which God works out, is that there are people who are shortchanged and who, according to Den, will really deserve more than their, what they've gotten. Listen to this um, you know, person who's mad and through the resources and opportunities being swished around throughout the world, you end up, Hashem's in His justice. The system of justice means there's not, the, the door itself ends up still not losing out because of that. Maybe there's a, now because of this, ultimately someone who's a tzaddik ends up getting a new opportunity which was opened up because of the passing of this miracle. So, on two levels, it doesn't affect the door. First of all, because her particular memory is she's still swimming around until the door is done. And then secondly, the particular years, the so so ultimately, aren't those years going to end up resulting in a shortfall for the door? He's saying that that's part of the cheshman, that you know, the opportunities uh, end up impacting, as ripple effects in terms of the world, and God's din ends up working out that that's not going to end up being an injustice to the door that they're losing heart.